0: How often do you look for treasure in life scars? In what ways can we look after our mental and emotional health? And who are you having open and honest conversations with? Welcome to the Kintsugi Hope Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Kintsugi Hope podcast. My name is Jess Cooper and I am the communications coordinator for a charity called Kintsugi Hope. Today we're going to be chatting to Kathy Madhavan about honesty and vulnerability. Kathy, would you do the pleasure of introducing yourself to our lovely listeners please? Oh hi Jess, hi everyone
1: listening. Yes I'm Kathy. Kathy Madhavan and um It's such a joy to be with you. I live on the South Coast with my husband and I've got two daughters who are trying to fly the nest but kind of failing in lockdown at the moment. And uh, I'm a writer, I'm a speaker, I kind of do some coaching and I'm doing a masters at the the moment as well in, in theology. So a kind of busy life, just doing this and that, trying to serve and be helpful wherever I can
0: wow and Kathy what's lockdown looked like for you have you found it have you found it difficult have you found it fairly easy has it been a mixture this
1: third one has literally gone on for about 17 decades hasn't it it's just gone on <laughs> forever it feels like um, that, yeah i mean honestly like everyone there's been good days and bad days but i just have to thank i just have to be thankful really you know that we haven't been really poorly we haven't lost anybody i don't have young children to homeschool at the same time as working i think people who are doing that kind of stuff i just take my hat off so it's um just being aware of what you are grateful for really i think helps you to get through some of the challenges and yeah yeah i mean there've been there've been quite a lot of challenges a lot of work disappeared overnight because my work is events based often speaking at events and yeah. selling books when all the bookshops are closed isn't easy but actually you know, people are amazing, and we've all found ways to adapt and to to you know try new things,
0: and that's been good. That's cool. I get, yeah, you're right. We've all been forced into this position of having to be really creative um, with how we do things. Um, we're doing podcasts over Zoom, and we're doing meetings and conferences online, and trying to connect with friends and family in ways we've never thought we would have to. What's been one of the creative things that you've done to try and get through this crazy thing that we call lockdown?
1: Well, I don't know that I've been particularly creative, actually. I mean, I've tried to do more online stuff and thank God for that. Um, but actually, for me, I think it's been about, um, you know, coming back to some of those habits that I have in my life and going, well, what's going to actually help me in this? season and our family what and what's going to hinder and really just trying to put some things in place regularly that might just help me through so whether that's you know having a bit of quiet time of reflection in the mornings just you know even if it means getting up a bit earlier if it means just doing a bit more exercise um just I know that sounds like very uncreative but for me if I've got those building blocks in just trying to get enough rest trying to not eat too much chocolate although that might not have gone successfully all of the time um Um, But just trying to put some things in place that would mean that I can actually survive this season with, you know, not completely burnt out because it is exhausting, isn't it? It is exhausting. So you just kind of got to try and look after yourself the best way you can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, you're right. It is exhausting. I think the normal things that we took for granted have become even more tiring and even more energy demanding. I remember in the first lockdown, it was just like the only thing that I was really looking forward to at the end of the day was what we were going to have for dinner, um, and it was like the topic of conversation as soon as soon as we had had breakfast. Um, but you're right; it's it's just putting those building and those building blocks are different for everybody, aren't they? So I think if yeah. you figure out what those are, that's really great. You briefly touched on it just a minute ago about um, being grateful about what you have got and do you think that there's a temptation to almost compare our levels of pain or our levels of loss with other people and then almost maybe minimize our experiences because i know for me i've i've definitely felt the same as you i'm you know i haven't got kids at home i haven't lost anybody due to coronavirus which i know so many people have and so many people are in deep deep grief at the moment because of that but We've all lost stuff, like we've all lost holidays, we've all lost um, maybe weddings that have been postponed, um, you know, not being able to meet up with family for meals or whatever that looks like. How do you feel like we can be more honest about maybe those smaller things that we've lost?
1: Yeah, I think you, I think, and you know, it is, you're you're right to have that as a topic of today's podcast, honesty, because I think that is about, that is the reality about this, isn't it? It's being honest Mm. about those things. And I do think, you know, if we're going to be grown-ups about it, um, you know, I remember growing up and my went leaving food on my plate and my mum going, there are kids starving in Africa. And you're like, that kind of perspective is not always that helpful. Mm -hmm. But actually, let's, you know, let's be honest, perspective is important. There are people around the world who are not getting their coronavirus vaccine anytime soon and who the consequences of this virus will be a lot more significant than for some of us. So, And I know people for whom this has been an extraordinary time of loss. And so I don't think that's a bad thing to like kind of go, actually, yeah, it's been tough, but you know what? Thank God that my family are healthy and that we're in a house with a roof over. I don't think that's bad. However, you're right. That can sometimes mean that we squash down our own emotions and that somehow we think that because it's harder for other people that our emotions don't matter and that, you know, that perhaps, you know, if we're being honest, we're being selfish. And that's not the truth either. Like, it's not selfish to admit that, we were supposed to be on sabbatical this year in Singapore and Australia very much first world problems but actually something we've been looking forward to for a decade so yeah it's you know it's it's sad but it's not the end of our life and you kind of have to you kind of just got to I always say you can focus on what you can't do or you can focus on what you can do and you can focus on what you don't have or you can focus on what you do have and i do believe that that is a choice it's a discipline it's not always easy but it's one of those things that is important being honest about the loss um and not i'm not doing that comparing thing because otherwise we can either minimize our loss or frankly we can minimize the loss of others we can think oh well mine is a mountain and yours is a molehill the reality is if you're dealing with something you're dealing with something and you know we all we've all had to do a little bit of that in this season
0: yeah absolutely that's so true and looking at what you can control and can't control that can really help you have perspective and take ownership about the decisions that you can impact and that's about being honest with yourself as well isn't it because I think in those moments where we're struggling or we're feeling really down we can easily spiral um into all the things that are going wrong and probably 70% of them are things that we have no control over. Um and actually narrowing like you just said narrowing your mindset onto the things that you do have the things that you can be grateful for. Um, I think gratitude is such a and it's amazing.
1: powerful
0: it's really yeah. and I know it sounds just so
1: cheesy you know write a thankfulness list and stuff but there's a reason why so many people talk about that you know I think we all have we know this don't we we have these neural pathways and we have default mechanisms that we we often go to some of them are learned from our upbringing that when we're upset or distressed we go straight to that or this and they may be really positive things or they may be really negative things and I think you know that honesty with yourself to know that you tend to respond like this when something happens this is how I tend to respond I go into denial I go into despair I go into blame I go into shopping I go into Netflix I you know and to know What those default positions are that you those spirals that you tend to go in, and but the wonderful thing is, as you know, as we've become more aware of neuroplasticity, is understanding that we can interrupt some of those default positions, and again, that's not about being in denial and thinking happy thoughts and positive thinking, but it's about saying we do have an amount of agency, it's okay to feel sad, it's okay to feel disappointed, but actually we then have a chance to reflect on those feelings and to learn as much as we can about that situation and then to make some positive choices about how not just to react, but how to respond Mm. in a way that can help us to move forward. So that next time we bump into that feeling of disappointment, betrayal, rejection, whatever it is, that maybe our neural pathways, maybe we just got a little bit of of extra emotional resilience in the way that we respond.
0: Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it, actually, and not not just reacting, um, because reaction is a very like raw thing, isn't it? It comes out and you're just like, and it's (laughs) almost your emotions haven't necessarily been measured or had time to process. And I guess the closer we are to people, the more likely they are to see a reaction rather than a response. Um, And I think in in troubling times like we're facing at the moment where everything is so upside down a reaction is very more likely than a response because everything is so unpredictable um how can it? You- not about guilt it's not not about guilt tripping ourselves for that no, because exactly.
1: you know we it's okay to fit my friend um uh, Paul McGee a great writer talks about hippo time and that often we, we do have to like get into that mud bath and have a little wallow when something hurts us it hurts us but he did but he said goes on to say but we're not designed to be hippos forever you know there's a difference between kind of having some time to to feel the feelings and then there's something then that you know we have to think well I don't want to be defined by this I don't want to become a a victim forever now that depends on the kind of disappointment we're talking about if we're talking about bereavement that's a different you know that those kind of things stay with you for life you just have to you know find the right support to learn to live with that kind of loss um you know we can't all bounce back from everything in a, in a few days um so I think it is about honesty it is about perspective it is about getting help actually if we need help because some some things are more difficult than others to to deal with
0: yeah and I guess honesty and vulnerability kind of go hand in hand how would you describe the difference between those two things if if you would say there is a difference
1: well I think there is a I think there is a difference um I think I kind of think of honesty in the sense of transparency of um that sense of integrity that you know what you see what. On the facade is the same at the back of the building you know that there's a sense in that you know you can see through that that there's not a deception going on behind the surface that we are who we say we are and that we'll be honest we won't deceive um and that we're we're truthful we 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 know our own truth we speak truth to ourselves and we speak truthfully to others Vulnerability, I think, is slightly different in the sense that, um, you know, we're not (laughs) indiscriminately honest with everybody all the time about everything. You know, honesty doesn't mean always speaking everything to everybody. So vulnerability is about choosing the safe places in order to speak some of the truth that you might not share with everybody. It's not that you're hiding from everybody, but we're wise, aren't we? If we choose places to be vulnerable about the truths that are slightly closer to our hearts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And our relationships um, will differ depending on, you know, how vulnerable we are. Um, And you're right. There'll be places where we feel safe to be. And I guess that's a key thing, isn't it? You have to feel safe to be vulnerable um and vulnerability breeds vulnerability so if you're vulnerable with me I'm more likely to be vulnerable back because it creates that safe space between two people or a group of people why do you think necessarily particularly within the church culture I've experienced on a Sunday morning if we go back to when we were actually able to go inside over coffee days oh I know I know um how like common it was over coffee for somebody to go hi how are you and i think we can all fill in the blank oh yeah i'm fine um or i'm good even if that person isn't why do you think sometimes we struggle to be vulnerable and honest well i'm
1: married to a church leader and we've been in church leadership for 25 years so i've definitely experienced my fair share of that um However, I would say, first of all, she said, sounding slightly defensive as a church leader, um, that we have to have realistic expectations. Having a coffee after the service might not be the ideal time to open up your heart to someone. So sometimes I think we do throw around this example as, as if it is a huge failure of the church. Well, it might just be that our expectations need realigning slightly. Now, don't get me wrong. If it's someone you really know well and that you do trust who is asking you and you say, I'm fine then the problem might not be with them. It might be that you've chosen not not to be vulnerable or that it's busy and it's noisy. And you might just say, you know what? There's some stuff I'd like to share, but this isn't the time or the place. But actually, I think the the question is more, are there those places? That might be the beginning of a conversation. The how are you doing might just be a seed that is planted that we might want to say, do you know what? If you really want to know the answer to that, let's grab a coffee somewhere more private. But you might sense when someone asks that, that actually they are just being polite and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm doing okay. How are you? And that's, It's the beginning of a relationship. It's the beginning of a conversation. They might not be asking for a therapy session at that moment, like it's okay. And that doesn't mean to say that they're being disingenuous or that they don't care or that the church has failed. It's just that that moment isn't always the best moment for us to reveal our heart. So I think it, it, you know, all of us, we have to, uh, if we are asking that question, if someone just says, I'll find back, that's fine. But if it's someone we do care about, ask another question. Hey, are you really fine? You know, you know, I I know last time we spoke, you're struggling with that. You know, how's that gone? So I think that's the beginning of a conversation and we all have to have the wisdom and the initiative to know like whether to take that conversation further. doesn't always mean the church has failed.
0: That is so true. And I think that's, yeah, thank you for sharing that because that is I think quite often, yeah, you're right, that analogy, that example is used, Oh, you know, um, everyone says they're fine and they're not. Uh, Actually, yeah, you're right, is that the right context? And I think that drills down to the importance of actually what are those places where we can actually be vulnerable and honest, and for everyone that will be different. some people will feel fairly comfortable being vulnerable when there's lots of people around and others will need a quiet spot, maybe in their friend's house or in a coffee shop or going for a walk or whatever that looks like for them to feel like they can open up. Um, I think it just looks different for everybody. And I think a, yeah. I think that's a really, really, really good point. Um, Kathy, you've recently written a book, um, another book. Can you tell us a little bit about that? yeah i um i've released a couple actually over
1: lockdown which has been uh, not ideal in one sense but on the other hand irrepressible particularly which is 12 principles for a courageous resilient and fulfilling life in one sense terrible time to release a book but and the other sense, you know, and I know my heart actually is very much aligned with Kintsugi Hope and what you guys are doing. And I think this, my book, I've chatted to, you know, Patrick about his, his book and your work. I think there's such a lot of synergy there. I really care about resilience. Mark and I have experienced a lot of challenges in our life. And Mark has lost his eyesight. He's blind now. We've had lots of ups and downs in life. And really, I just wanted a book that would gather some of that honest honesty, Um, But also hopefully some principles that people both inside the church and outside, it's kind of written with kingdom principles, but applicable anywhere. It's great to see it being used in like the education sector as well as churches. It's really thrilling for me. These kind of principles, some of them lighthearted, some of them more serious about how we can develop like emotional resilience. But, you know, but also just habits inside ourselves but also there's external support structures that mean that we can
0: cope with the challenges and the opportunities that life throws our way. That's great. What are a couple of those principles? Would you mind sharing with a couple with us now? Yeah so there's well there's there's it starts off really with your values so knowing your irrepressible
1: purpose, like knowing what's distinctive about you, things like that. I talk about um navigating waypoint moments. So those are junction points in your life. The day you get that diagnosis or the day that someone proposes to you, the day that but often they're the tough junctions, actually, and how we respond rather than just react to those there's, um, there's principles in there about boundaries. So running your own circus, not trying to run everybody else's. One of my favorites is um, when the horse is dead, dismount. So knowing that there are some things in life that come to an end. There are some things that are great for one season, Try instead of trying to drag them around for the rest of your life, that relationship, that project, that whatever it is, that actually sometimes we have to move on into the next season of life. And and part of resilience is that flexibility. So there's another one called learning to play jazz, which is all about being able to be flexible and not too rigid in our thinking. There's a couple in there about building your tribe, filling your tank up so that we don't end up drained being a thermostat and not a thermometer, um, which is about setting the temperature and not just commentating on what's going on around you. Lots of hopefully little memorable things that will help people to be irrepressible, which doesn't mean, you know, just zinging around with a smile. It means you can bounce back. You can can keep going even when life throws you another curveball.
0: That's great. I love the fact that you've written that in such a practical way because I think you know everybody learns differently but definitely for for me those practical little nuggets of wisdom um that sounds incredible oh, um, where, can, where can people buy the book from well i mean it is on amazon um but if you like to
1: go slightly more ethically there are lots yes. of christian uh bookshops and particularly i always point people to either st andrews or eden.co.uk which is like the christian amazon it's a fantastic website um doesn't quite um, deplete the publishers and damage publishers in the same way that Amazon does I don't know whether they're even allowed to say that but if we want to be ethical yeah. consumers yeah. which I think yeah. we should then Absolutely. then if I if you can go to one of those or support your small local independent bookshop I think you can get it at Waterstones as well actually
0: oh wow that's great um, yeah, no, we can definitely say that about Amazon. I think we can. I think Jeff Bezos has got, well, he's not there anymore, is he? But yeah, um no, On I think off an island somewhere.. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think if we can support local bookshops, that's definitely. And if you can't, and if it's, you know you need to go to Amazon, then that's do what fine. you need to. Do. Yeah, and I hope it's a blessing wherever you get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kathy, um, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Great. That's done in the...